0: This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And we welcome back Mark Bingham and Louis Michaud to discuss a special project. Louis' label, Nouveau Electric, is releasing 22 albums from now through most of 2023, documenting 50 years of Mark Bingham. Mark has made a career out of people not knowing what he's doing, and he's been recording music at an astounding rate and doesn't do it to keep it hidden. Mark and Louie talk about how they began working together and the first two albums in this unreal release schedule. Those would be Gooseneck and Mushroom Crab. But they aren't necessarily being released in chronological order. Some are reissues of old and out of print albums. Others are freshly recorded. And yet others are collections of odds and ends. And in the middle of all this, we end up discussing the proper pronunciation of Adele's name and what Happened to Madonna's Face? And I almost choked to death thanks to the story Mark tells of a song slated to be released later in 2023. So go check out nouveauelectric.com to start picking up the albums that start the 50 years of Mark Bingham Project. Follow them on Instagram as well. Follow Mark at Mark Bingham underscore 2666. Follow us at PerformanceANX on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on Facebook and YouTube, and you can reach out at theperformanceanxietypod at gmail.com or help support the show at ko-fi.com slash anxiety, or buy merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. And now let's jump right into a discussion about 50 years of Mark Bingham with Louis Michaud and Mark Bingham on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network.
1: Hey Louis. Hello. All right. From Mark how Mark guys,
0: Mark, and Mark. How you guys doing? Hey. All right. All right. Thank you guys for both coming back. This is this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. We're, We're back. back. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: this will be a bit different from the last time cuz both times when I had each of you on, we did a pretty deep dive of, on your careers. I want to focus this more on the the upcoming year and all the releases that are going to be coming out. So I want to find out a little bit about how that all came about. So I figure we can start with there and I can, I can start off by telling everybody that I'm joined by Mark Bingham and Louis Michaud and I have done deep dives on both of you guys. So we are not going to be doing that. I recommend checking out those podcasts because we do a pretty, we we go into great detail on how you got into music and, and and your influences and and what it means to you. So we'll be focusing more on the retrospective project that's coming out. That's centered around Mark's career and Louie and we want to get you, find out how you got involved in this and how how you know mark and how you got started working together so why don't we start off with that how did the two of you meet and start playing and creating music together
1: well from my memory i was working on a score for rodents of unusual size the nutria documentary (laughs) and some friends of mine i didn't and some friends of mine said, hey, you know, Mark Bingham, who knows Don Henderson, he has a recording. System. No, I said, that, that name sounds familiar, but I, I don't. And so I called him up. I said, hey, yeah, I'm working on this score. And uh, you know, I'm trying to record it myself, trying to learn how to record. But, you know, I heard you have an awesome studio. We go check it out. And Mark just came over to where I was set up. I was set up in this random room at the brewery in the Arneville. And, Mark came and brought me a bunch of things to use. I was like, wow, thanks so much. (laughs) That's that's great. Wow. And then, of course, got frustrated trying to, you know, trying to record myself and not doing a great job. So I ended up just going to Mark's studio and finishing a lot of it. And uh, that's and then next thing you know, Mark actually came and hopped up on stage at the brewery with Misho's Melody Makers. I think later that year. And then that was the end of that. Oh, wow. He's been in the band ever since.
0: So how long has that been?
1: That was twenty eight, eighteen
0: or seven, eighteen. No, twenty eighteen. Been several years. Eighteen, I think. Yeah. All right, so Mark, you're not originally from Louisiana. So, how did you? I I guess the short version, because the long version is in the in 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 the podcast we did about a year ago. The short version of how did you end up going from I believe it's Indiana to Louisiana? Well, Indiana to New York. And then New York
2: to Louisiana, forty years ago. Wow! And it was forty years ago Halloween because I left I was trying to get through the Halloween parade to get <laughs> wow. off of Manhattan. And, uh Whoa. It was a funny thing to go through. You know, it was a great way to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, I, I was I, I stayed in New York off and on for another eight years and then stayed in louisiana all this time so it's, a, it's a, hard, a hard place to leave
0: i can imagine there's so much there and you've made quite a career for yourself down there i've only been to new orleans a few times so i can't speak from too much experience but it it seems like a very open and accepting place and ha- has that been the case for you musically that it's it's just they just kind of accepted you
2: no they didn't accept me at all <laughs> I, I don't feel I don't think, I don't think I'm accepted to this day, but it doesn't really matter because whoever the day is that think you know I mean there were musicians I, I got along with right away, but as far as the New Orleans they think you think of New Orleans music music and all that I don't think I ever had a whole lot to do with it, other than being in the trenches with the musicians
0: you know. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. As you can tell, I wasn't expecting that. So. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's <laughs> New Orleans is a
2: Scorpio death sect on the Mississippi for 300 years. You can't really candy coat it. Right. It's been the most evil place in North America. So there we are.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hard to leave. Hard
2: to leave, like you said.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't let you out. <laughs> a long, it's a long climb up out of there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
3: Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
0: It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to performance anxiety listeners you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelpcom performance anxiety. That's slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So,
1: at least I got out of the city for a
2: while. But no, uh, You know, New Orleans. I immediately I gravitated toward the musicians that I went there to see. I would, you know, to go see James Booker, and I ended up working for the Neville Brothers around. And so I went right in. I went right into the belly of the beast, as it were, in New Orleans. I and I heard the Dirty Dozen when I heard so that. I wasn't in that music, but I kind of, for my own stuff, I didn't really have anything to do in New Orleans. I mean, there wasn't much of a scene that would support what I was doing, but, you know, and to this day really, but that doesn't matter because you know, you just do what you do anyway. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Forge your own path.
1: Right. I guess I could, uh, from from a bit of an of an outsider perspective, well, from someone who's not from New Orleans either, who's from Lafayette and goes to New Orleans a lot to perform, and from someone who does kind of fit in the um, <laughs> accepted art form genre list of, you know, Louisiana French music. Right. I met Mark, I think I was recording and, yeah, because when I said I, his name sounded familiar when I so oh so, yeah, there's a studio down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it was two thousand and twelve or so, maybe two thousand eleven, we Lost By Rams was asked to do a score for a Sylvester Stallone film called Bullet to the Head. And we recorded it at Mark's studio, Piety Street. Mm-hmm. And that was and I met Mark briefly because he didn't record it, but he kinda was in there when we got there and said, Oh, hey, okay, yeah, cool. Well, see y'all later. And then uh that was the only time I met him until six years, seven years later, Okay. but, you know, from someone from the outside perspective, you know, I think the important thing to recognize about Mark is that he's always been a musician and I'm still learning, of course, I'm still learning because, you know, he has multi decades of experience to, to figure out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's always been a musician, but mostly what he's known as, and he's always done like musical things here and there and with bands and just, I don't know. I mean, he, he can tell you more, but what he's mostly known as is being a producer and recording engineer and being so gung ho as far as like ready for anything and you know just like very very open-minded and ready to ready to do whatever for ideas people have no matter how far out or whatever has led him in in from what I can tell into a lot of very interesting experiences as far as like recording some of the first, or if not the first Mardi Gras Indian bands. Oh, wow. Uh, and recording a lot of early Zodic, you know, a lot of like dance halls, Zoddy stuff, and just probably hundreds of recordings that that never even made it out there that are super interesting, and just being the fly on the wall in so many amazing situations are extremely implicated in crazy situations <laughs> and on and on, so it's like, <laughs> he's worked with so many musicians in the span, whether it be as a fellow musician himself or as a recording engineer. And I guess, you know, since we're talking about Mark Bingham's upcoming releases, you know, that his own music has been something that I I imagine he's been working on the whole time. And, you know, but while at the same time recording and producing hundreds of albums, for other people and also, you know, like say they all leave and like he's just sitting there still messing with sounds. Well, he might keep working or so he's been, you know, doing his own musical thing in and out of all these other experiences. Does that sound kinda accurate, Mark?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, because you know, I have to uh the way you end up being a record producer in the old days at least was because you knew how to kind of organize the music in a sense, whether that was arranging it or whether just getting people there on time or figuring out what was a really cool song out of the dozen that you might want to do. So there was something that I I just fell into doing. And the first things I started doing were some of my own bands and, uh, I've always been playing through this whole time. Some periods way more than others, but I figure, you know, between the late '60s and the mid '70s, I probably I played a thousand shows. You know, wow. And I was making records during the time, but I mean, I would play five nights a week uh, or six nights a week sometimes. Wow. Five sets, four or five sets a night.
0: Oh my god.
2: Playing, you know. Playing Merle Haggard, playing <laughs> Merle Haggard and George Jones and that kind of stuff, and so you know when I moved when I went to New York and I had you know I don't know, we never talked about this, so I had this job for a minute working for Kiss. oh wow, and there was a songwriter pool, everyone would be like they'd get all these kids that were arguably decent songwriters or whatever sit them in an office room and uh give them proper stimulation uh and say, uh, give us some KISS tunes, you know. And um, during that time, the KISS people decided, they said, this guy's either, he has two modes. He's either really weird or really country. And they didn't, they weren't really, they were up on, and they, I, I played an A chord once, like in a position up the neck, and they stopped me and showed me how KISS Playing an A, which is putting one finger, one finger on the top across the second fret, and you yeah. I was like, "Okay, I get it." know, yeah. so this whole thing of like, uh, you know, it's always, you know, you do this stuff all the time, and basically nobody really understands what the hell you're doing. If people are career driven, they sure don't know what I'm doing. That's if they're nice. slack. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm too career driven. You know, it's always been this thing of I'm like, yeah, it's great. Nobody gets it. The musicians are all mad at you because you're doing this and that and working with all these people. Like, why do you get to do that? (laughs) And you know, it's just uh, you know the whole the whole thing of being doing five different things. It's just it's always been funny, you know.
0: So your career spans like about what five decades at this point yeah how did this whole retrospective project with electric nouveau get started whose idea was it
2: um i don't know i mean (laughs) you know the thing is i've had that sitting there i've i've had these things and a lot of these things have been licensed there's a lot of these records that have been on other labels and then they first they were on one thing they came out limited and then they got licenses, some to real music in Japan. And that, that license went done. And then another one happened. And so one thing was to keep a lot of this music that has been out there for 50 years or 40 years or 30 years or 20 years, whatever, and keep it out there. There's no mm-hmm. reason not to because we kind of, I mean, I feel like I represent all those people that have done all these things and their music or their poetry or their novel is sitting in a drawer. Well, my stuff is not gonna be sitting in a drawer. All right. It's not gonna be stuck on the computer for no one to hear. And I think we have to at every turn fight against you know, the main awfulness of the, the music business isn't horrible. But the whole like star system is just completely out of whack. And You know, there's a hundred people in Nashville that they could take and make the stars, they could kill all the stars and replace them with these hundred other people. and No one would know the difference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) disagree. Okay. Well, anyway,
2: and, and take that in almost any genre. But, you know, so I think doing, keeping things out and doing your work, I mean, after a while you just what the hell else are we gonna what am I gonna do? Yeah. Am I gonna retire? I could go work at a pizzeria. <laughs> I could go hand out snacks at Costco. That's, you know what? A, I guess so I don't know.
0: Like you said, you didn't write this music and create all this for it to just sit around. You might as get it out there, right. the stuff that hasn't been out there, get it back out there, the stuff that's you know it hasn't been around for a while or very limited. Let's let's get it out.
1: Definitely, yeah, that's that's what's well, that and that's part of the Nouveau Electric mission is to you know, I mean, there's there's such a big divide between independent artists and larger artists who have record labels and booking agents and everything. You're usually you're either an artist who does every single thing, which don't make me list all the jobs a musician has to do, yeah, (laughs) every single one. Auto mechanic included. No. Yeah, you know, on and on. I mean, just just however far you want to go. Accountant and booking uh, it, and and then you know, or, or you've had some somehow have had some success, and naturally have gotten to the point where you need where you need managers and bookers, and you have a label and all that. So okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. So many, so many especially around here in Louisiana. So many amazing artists that have projects that are super interesting, but, you know, between performing and trying to pay the bills and everything, just don't really, for one thing, since it's such a a niche genre, no matter how big Louisiana music seems sometimes, once you get into the regular, unquote, world of music, you know, it's like, (laughs) oh, yeah, well, that's, that's great when you're in new Orleans or when you laugh at, you know, I don't know how that well that's gonna fly in the rest of of the world. Yeah. And you know, it's like, once you get on stage, it's awesome, but you know, it's hard to get people behind certain types of genres and such in a larger way. And part of the Nouveau Electric mission is to give a platform to artists so they don't have to do all the things. They don't have to do the publicity and the pressing and they can continue to focus on the art itself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that's why I created New Electric. And as an artist, of course, it's definitely, you know, it's it's taken my focus away a little bit from my own art. But of course, it's part of the ebb and flow of being an artist. Like it was a great thing during the pandemic when I didn't have any gigs for all. I could focus on doing this. Yeah. And it's allowed me to put out a lot of my own projects that would probably never see the light of day. And just like Mark said, I was just tired of seeing things. Like, okay, yeah, this is a great thing. And this is a great thing, but it's just going to sit on someone's computer and, you know, one day it's going to get outdated. We won't even be able to, we won't even be able to access the file because we, you know. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's exactly why I started the label. And after the last few years of working with Mark, he started showing me some of his different albums. Like, oh, this is cool. Oh, wow. How about this? And then, You know, and then he just kept handing me stuff. And the next thing you know, there's 22 (laughs) albums stacked up. And, uh, okay, let's, let's do it. And, uh, so yeah, I get the the first, yeah, I mean, and that's, I was just, I'm just kind of sitting here reading Mark's bio as well and trying to continue to learn because, you know, we spent a lot of time together. There's a lot to catch up on after 50 years. And I was like, wow, if you moved to New Orleans 40 years ago, when I was three years old, like what about the time before that? And, um, Mm -hmm. So so anyway so the first uh, the the first two
2: <laughs> go ahead go ahead Mark I was gonna say the problem is if I was a Louisiana musician by now you'd know every little thing that I ever did and I wouldn't have <laughs> told you 20 <that> time <laughs> oh yeah and would yeah, and I would have and I would have Grammy winner in front of everything that was written about me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I don't I mean, doubt it's that. Because around here, it's very de- It's kind of like there's a certain desperation in Louisiana. Like there's the, you know, there's 10 dogs that haven't eaten for a week, and somebody throws a steak out in the road and <laughs> counts to three and lets the dogs out. That's the Louisiana music scene. Wow. I'm not lying. Wow. Not lying. It, yeah, it's, it's a small pool, it's
1: a small <laughs> pond. It's a small palm with the medium-sized fish, and uh, you know, and and it's well I mean, it is what it is. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and it makes its own beautiful creations. But you can't doubt the fact that it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a small, a small scene with also a limited and becoming more limited number of people who actually understand the lyrics in French and such. And so it's like you wow. know, it's like if you, like I always look at like say the Latino music can be like, wow, I wish we had that many <laughs> language speakers who could understand and be into it. And like, you know, they're just, we're just watching the dwindling population of uh, Louisiana French speakers and same thing in New Orleans, you know, post Katrina. And then as housing prices go up and inflation goes up, it just pushes people to the edge. And uh, and then you have someone like someone like Mark who's kind of seen so much of this come and go and he's seen... Mardi Gras music go from pure street music to a very band-oriented art form. And, you know, same with, like, he's seeing Zateco from the old dance halls and there's no more dance halls left. So where Mm. are people doing it? What are they doing? And uh, it's interesting because, yeah, because I guess on another level, he fits right into Louisiana because the music that Mark makes is its own niche. You know, it's not like it doesn't really fit like, uh, you know, a certain genre, like, oh yeah, I'm a blank musician. Right. He's just a musician with a very diverse, complex set of influences and writing and his own, his own thing and how many people he's collaborated with and such. So, uh, so I was going to say the the first two, uh, albums are coming out on November 18th and uh mushroom crowd and gooseneck. And, uh, you know, I think I'll let Mark talk a bit about them, but, that's going to be the beginning, and then we have a whole, a whole list going uh, all the way into almost a year from now. Uh, September wow. of 2023 will be the last <laughs> of the 22 albums.
0: Good yeah. grief! I
1: think that's right ends. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I did yeah. get to listen to a, a bit of this, and Matt, you are so right. That description of the music is dead on, especially from Mushroom Crowd. That's an interesting album. <laughs> There's some really different stuff on that. i I've really enjoyed it. Oh, good. yeah. I mean, I think it sometimes it
2: takes a while to make music and you just wait till it feels right. And that a lot some of those songs on there, Like, sometimes it takes 20 years from the gestation of something, have an idea, until that actually finally gets to be something. Wow. And, And so that, a lot of the things, like there's songs on there, I started in New Orleans, finished up out here. But yeah, that's... I I, I don't know. That record's really grown on me. I don't really sit around and listen to myself. But when that one comes on, I actually like it.
0: (laughs) There's (laughs) um, so many different things going on in that album.
2: I love the the Panama City song. I I, I just love that. I don't know if anyone else in the world will ever be into it. (laughs) It's Panama City Beach was a paradise to view To fear of ingenuity. To fear of brain power. Walking on the front gate, sucking on his thumb. What does that tell you when you pretend to be a Christian? What does that tell you when you pretend to be chased? Spit the cold sloth, spit the cold sloth, spit the cold sloth. That just cracks me up every time I listen to it, you know? I did like that. And, and I just made that up. Yeah, I mean, that was like entirely. Sitting there, like, it was right when I was going to leave New Orleans, and I was completely fuck miserable. And it was, I think it was the 4th of July. I, it was some holiday. But now, maybe, I don't know what it was, but I just had to get out of New Orleans. I went to my friend's house in Panama City. I went to a bar, and they had Christian karaoke. Wow. People were <laughs> getting drunk, singing along to, singing Amy Grant song. Oh. Holy. oh. I thought, okay. Okay, well, a, their kids played in the other room.
0: That's amazing.
2: That's like Florida, man. That is Florida. Like Florida. I hang out there for three or four days, but the weirdest part, I, I, I was right near the front beach, and uh, there was a biker convention that weekend, so there was 800 Harleys that did nothing but go up and down the road. Uh, so instead of being in New Orleans for whatever I was trying to avoid, I got it to hear motorcycles revving for three days. Oh, Perfect. <laughs> and then... Right in the middle of that, it was like when I heard, and then I heard like Fifth Ward Weeby had put something out, and it wasn't the, the famous one that hit, but it was something else, and I was like, and he always had that, it was like, you say one line, you say it again, and you play off it. So that was really coming out of that, you know? Okay. And uh, I, had a track. I made the track with my son and Anthony Cuccia and Wes Fontenot, who was engineer at the street, we just made this loop and anyway years later it actually but anyway that's i love the dog song where i found 30 different songs about dogs and i put one line for each from each song and hopefully me but you know uh, (laughs) but it's got a lot of dog songs in there yeah Thomas walked the dog. Atomic the the th- dogs. Dog dogs. Rats. Yeah, Besides the pounds. Oh, the yeah. grand days, days in the, in the summer dog. dogs. And dog he is. Who let the dogs out? Wild packs of family dogs. Mega dogs. Yeah, Memphis dog. love his own shit it's a black dog and that's a, like zydeco now that sounds like the, the zydeco i listen to now comes from madagascar it's in french it has accordions it has rub boards it, it had a little selectronics it's the most it sounds more like the melody makers than a lot of the stuff any other zydeco in louisiana now or not the other zydeco but you know with the grooves in that direction the madagascar music is amazing that's and and you you go on uh, radio garden and there's like only a few stations in madagascar and they're amazing i mean just ridiculously intense music that you don't hear much of in the States anymore at all that has this kind of intensity to it.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Have you ever thought about CBD and wondered if it's the right choice for you? My wife and I did. For a few years now, she suffered from some chronic pain and we had discussed trying CBD but didn't have any idea where or even how to get started. That's why we chose Pure Spectrum. They make the highest quality hemp-derived products and back it up by providing third-party lab tests for every single batch of products right on their website. For my wife, we started with some tincture and isolate, but there's also gummies, topicals, mints, and a lot more. Pure Spectrum not only has CBD products for wellness, they also have CBD for fitness and recovery, and there's even CBD for your pets. And if you're like me and not sure how to start, there's a ton of information on the website and chat options available. So go to PureSpectrumCBD.com to do your own research. And when you check out, use the code performance PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your order. Check them out on Instagram at PureSpectrumHemp and subscribe to their email list for sales, new products, and updates. Pure Spectrum, refined phytocannabinoid wellness products for all all lifestyles. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and love them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Wait, Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made. And 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran-owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet. And help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. I also really enjoyed Third Ring, Third Rail, but I also like theremins. Yeah,
2: that's like Doc. You said Doc, yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's a guy in who mostly works on movies and then he has a studio and I worked with him like five or six years on a Peter Stampo record and I gave him some of my stuff and he was like, Oh, it's great. And, and next thing I knew he had sent me theremin parts. so and working you know it's funny because I was work so let's work with Peters the 60s, right right So so okay I had to look up in BMI today because I had to register more songs. I just wrote a song with somebody they had to look up my shit. It was like, oh, you have 329 songs you know It's like, okay wow. great. I got 329 songs. This guy doc that played the theremin, but he says he's there with me and Peter Stanfield. And Doc is like, yeah, you got some great stuff. I really love your stuff. And and then Peter, we realized that in 40-some years of working with Peter, he's never listened to anything that I did. (laughs) Uh, i I played with him, it's all been about him, but he has never once, even my album that he's on, You never even listened to it. Oh that God. that was a great so that was a great revelation. And the guy this guy who I had just met who had become like, like sort of a, a fan and a collaborator was looking at Peter like, wait a minute. You're in a band with this guy in the seventies? You've produced all your records and you've never listened to his music? He's like, Oh well, you know, I've been busy. It great. It's a great moment in yeah. <laughs>
0: So the the whole project is like Louis. You, you'd mentioned it's it's going to be a, about a year of releases. It's twenty two releases in all, and is it all? I, I, how did it get to twenty two? I guess is my question. Is it because there's so much out there that you've nobody, worked on? Yeah, I think we had to stop
1: stop somewhere. We had to cut it off. <laughs> twenty two sounds like a good number for twenty twenty two. Okay. um, Yeah, no, no. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you can. I'll let Mark explain because I'm just making things
2: up. (laughs) (laughs) It works for me, though. I mean, mean, there's definitely more stuff. And like, I'm making it, I'm making more stuff like right now. I don't know what's going to happen to that. It might take me eight years. But, you know, this week, it was just like, like when I was a kid, I'm sitting there on the couch. I got paper spread out. I got the computer going. I'm writing, playing. But as far as the other stuff, You know, there's this, there's stuff on other labels that are still kicking out there that has been licensed. So, you know, and there's other stuff, you know, I could just keep like, there's really, there could be another five. Okay. But who cares? I mean, you know, what's going to, you know, this is an amazing (laughs) amount to do. And it got, it, it got all the instrumental work that, that were in everything from commercials to documentaries to films to, installations to get to concert stuff. And it's nice to have that stuff in there. Oh you know? yeah. And there's that in I guess it's in March, I think. That's when eleven come out at once. And that's the oh, all yeah. instrumental records. Wow. Yeah, and, that's right. And that's under under one umbrella which was what's it a uh, senza radici musica impopolare. Which means rootless unpopu- unpopular music. We is me all the way. Rootless and unpopular. <laughs> yeah. no. I am a I'm a root as Stalin would say, I'm a rootless cosmopolitan. You know, <laughs> or as Kyrie as Kyrie Irving would say. Well, there you anyway, um <laughs> you know, um yeah, so uh, I, there all those instrumental things were good because it was like people sing. I can sing. There's certain things I can sing, but you know, it's not like I'm not like a Dale. That's how you pronounce her name, a Dale. Everyone pronounces it wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm guilty of that one, I guess. Then
2: yeah, you and everyone else. Yeah, just didn't tell us. <laughs> yeah. And plus, what I want to know is what happened to Madonna's face?
0: No, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I just see. you know I my wife just showed me a picture of her. Two days ago and I asked, that's exactly what I asked her. So I'm gonna be tagging anyway. Madonna in all my releases for this, by the way. So <laughs> okay. So maybe she'll come on and she can answer what happened to your to her face. So with twenty <laughs> two releases, were there any surprises or things that you dug up that you'd forgotten about or any any long lost tracks that oh, yeah, surprised a of, you?
2: A lot of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm at one point <laughs> Yeah, at one point there was a there was a journalist that was in love with me. And oh. he kept like showing up at my place and banging on the window at five in the morning and I was like, dude, oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, ain't gonna work out like that. Right. So then he kept coming he and I said, Okay, why don't you sing something? All right, I'll come and sing. So I came to right. the studio and I gave him a song to sing which was called Stick Three Fingers Up My Ass. (laughs) And, um... shaking his head. He sang it it very well. (laughs) I I forgot about it. And uh, my friend Howard Thompson dug it up from all those years ago, and he he was like, oh, yeah. So, anyway, that's on there. That's (laughs) the last batch of releases. Um... I don't see that. I don't see that in the lineup. I'm I'm trying to uh, these things out. Yeah, three fingers. It's just in the single. It's in the singles thing. Uh. And I found another (laughs) one that I made after the doorman at the Maple Leaf assaulted me (laughs) because I walked in and stuck my head in to look for my friends, and he came and tackled me and threw me up against. a car and started like joking me oh my because he thought I was trying to sneak in without paying the cover. So <laughs> I wrote a, a nice song extreme. about that. That I forgot about. Oh my God. Yeah, so as, as you can hear, I mean that's what hey, that's
1: that's part of what music is for is to uh I'm being serious. I'm not trying I'm like that's part is to process and give you know give uh understanding or uh or recorded history and you know and processing things and you know what is music for is for like processing pain and situations mm-hmm. and it's it's a way to continue history with it without being so serious because people don't take music as seriously as they do spoken word and you could say something like oh why'd you say that you could sing it and they'd be like oh yeah it was sounded great you could have said took three fingers and they don't even realize yeah, exactly. you know? <laughs> 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 and uh, and yeah, that was a thing you went through and i just like the main and so that's uh it's quite, I'm I'm sitting here just, I mean, the whole process for me has been trying to keep up with that much material, you know. I listened to him when he gave me each CD, I listen to him of the time, and then, you know, now that they're all here, I'm like, I'm just trying to learn, you know, like, read the bio, read the release notes, and uh, wow, there's so much in there, so many musicians, and so many situations and uh pretty pretty amazing because it's like having done music for that long, I mean it takes it takes courage to put music out and it takes courage to let your voice be heard. And uh yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty awesome exercise and let it let it be and let it be there's so much, so much and uh yeah. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the <laughs> scrolling through the album information as we're talking, and wow, it's so amazing. <laughs> uh, one of the things that
0: i have <laughs> so just... just
2: think about. It. I was just say, yeah, the the biggest thing for doing this for fifty years is being able to take rejection well. Yeah, yeah. Do your stuff. Don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Don't ta- You know, it's like. I, I, I mean, I've witnessed. I mean, I started. Being around rock stars when I was, what, 17, 18? Oh, man. Just just the crash and burns that I've seen. People like fame and money and getting serious. And then I've watched people have nervous breakdowns. I've watched people just give up. Imagine being like, Sinead O'Connor was right. And everyone vilified her for the last 30 years. Girl was totally on it. They were covering Mm -hmm. up. So I mean you never know. And so but people who are willing to do maintain their fame at your expense sometimes when you work with or for them. It's astounding. So uh, believe me, I have no illusions about <laughs> what I've seen from people. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it doesn't stop you from doing things anymore. You know, you just like go, yeah, okay, there's that.
0: Bringing that up, one of the things that is, is amazing to me, especially in this day and age, is the great sense of humor in the music. It, is, it takes courage to put out music that's not serious all the time.
2: Well, yeah, the, the whole... The last 20 years of the, what do you, I don't know, I hate that word, the total absorption and seriousness and all this stuff. I mean, great music come out of there on some levels, but, uh, uh, you know, it's also, uh, I don't get it. And, you know, in the the music critic world has always been anti-humor very seldom does a Roger Miller slip through you know what I'm right. saying? It, 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 it's so <laughs> i get it it's like that somehow you're like peter stanfield has this amazing record now peter's obviously an acquired taste that some people think he's joking when he sings but you know discogs has his albums down as comedy you wow know? that's how far yeah they don't and, and robert Christigau tries to correct them and they say, yeah.
0: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> so I don't think any of this, what I'm doing is overt comedy, but at the same time, yeah, having, because I mean, geez, they didn't vilify Paul McCartney for writing funny songs. No. <laughs> or John Lennon or, or, or Nick Jagger or whoever the hell. You know, there was a point, I don't know when it, when everything turned into that other stuff. It was well, Ian Curtis. It was all his fault.
0: None of those none of them wrote three fingers either, so there's that. Oh yeah, well. So, so my I, <laughs> fingers are intact. <laughs> so is there um a specific order to the releases? I mean the first two, like I said, Gooseneck and, and Mushroom Crowd, is there a reason those two are first or is it did you guys just pick and choose. Some guy named Howard said they should said they should go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And I said, yeah, why not? You got to start somewhere. Hey, you got to listen to That's Howard. the entire process, I think. <laughs> Louie may know, know more about that, that than I do, but... Yeah, you know, I mean, I me think... He's like, I don't... Yeah, or <laughs> Yeah, I think... Uh, and, I think...
1: Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, trying to intro 22 albums is... Quite a feat in itself yeah. And you know these I will, I will say that they all fall In the genre of art damaged Country and art damaged rock <laughs> 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 So Self titled yeah, genre by, by Mark himself And uh, yeah. And then the next two in January Of 2023 is William Blake in Bakersfield
2: The evening stars Begin to glow Birds quiet in the trees,
1: the moon is just a flower,
0: sitting high on heaven's knee, smiling on the night in the silent delight. And, should...
1: and to and from the afterlife, which is one of my uh, one of my favorites of the group, and then in March is the 11 what I'll for lack of a better word, ambient albums, which are all super cool. And just, and if you think about it, there's you know, like 11 albums that are songwriting and, and like Mark's music style with other musicians and all that are just completely ambient and vibey. And oh, so, wow. you know, one side, is you have the humor and, and, uh, diversity and, uh, Avant garde obscure art damaged rock. And then on the other side, you have this very just letting the tones breathe. And like that's, I mean, I'm real excited for that too. Cause I love, I love kind of like ambient music and such. Yeah. And that's such a cool, such a cool collection of them. I mean, there's, how you say, how you say, Key, wait, y'all said this earlier, is it Kai 2011? Key? Mark? K? K I? Key. Key, York, Ki, yeah, Key two thousand eleven. Oh, Op- Opium Empire, Voss. Yeah, two thousand eleven was the year. Uh, the Puppet Masters, Blessed Mother, Trees, A Cat, Oklahoma, Soup Kitchen, Bicycles in the Trees, When Insects Ruled the Earth, Comic Opera, Strings in Sousa, and Sunk. That's wow. eleven rootless, unpopular music. But really, I mean, it's ambient. I love, I love that stuff. And then. Uh, and then you have, starting in May, Psalms of Vengeance, I Passed for Human, which is his 1989 kind of most well-known uh, solo album. And right. then then you have in July of 2020, Dr- Joy, Unspeakable Joy, and Social Climbers, which is from uh, New York in uh, 79 to 81,
2: right? Oh. And then
1: finally in September uh, that- next year. Yeah, finally in September next year, you have Back to Doghead and the Crisco Mountain Boys. Oh, and gosh. singles, and singles. Right. And so the that's singles. The whole,
2: that's yeah, all 22 the, of them.
0: I'm excited for singles.
2: The singles has some funny stuff in there.
0: <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I've had stuff that, there's one song on there that people swear I'm like a 65-year-old woman jazz singer. But I was 25 when I did it. <laughs> really scares the hell scares the hell out of people oh I can't wait like the, the mutant yeah
0: so besides the just the sheer vastness of the music the amount of, of music that's coming out was there uh, any big stumbling block to getting this whole project together and getting it ready for release oh, he's mean, laughing
2: well early on early on was like just trying to pull it all together and get it all straight and get it all organized. So it all sounded right. And was, uh, you know, levels and all that stuff. But that was months and months. And then, and then after that, yeah, trying to get it together on the next level, that's a whole nother thing.
1: Yeah. Now, I was going to say that, I mean, 22, I mean, you said 22 albums, it's let's put it into perspective. I mean, and when you work on a 10 album a 10 song album, that can take someone, a year of dedicated mental close to breakdowns on certain decisions and what, you know, and so, and you're talking 22 albums like that. And yeah, so for him, you know, Mark just kind of plugged away from my perspective, plugged away and just kind of went through everything and just, Oh, do I need something here? And he'd get a a certain, certain artist, uh, a drummer to come in and do multiple kits, multiple takes on different things and, uh, different horn players and getting me. Oh, why don't you come throw some fiddle on this? And just, I mean, the amount of musicians on these albums is is another thing to um, that could be an interesting list in its own. <laughs> and so, so for Mark to complete twenty two albums as a feat, and then for you know myself and Howard to wrap our minds. That's why I was laughing to wrap our minds around. 22 albums and the amount of, cause like, you know, when I released an album, I'm like, okay, I get into it. I'm like, wow, this is, yeah. Like I really like this track or, you know, wow, it's really cool how the album works together and oh, the art. And then 22, I'm just like, okay, how am I supposed to process (laughs) 22 albums? (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, luckily, you know, luckily between Howard Wolfing and, uh, and myself and uh, Kirkland Middleton, who was our, fellow bandmate in show's Melody Makers and works for the label, you know, we were able to kind of get things together. And then Mark was able to give us a rundown of each album. So I'm just, you know, still studying at this point. But luckily we're only going two albums at a time. So I can just, <laughs> now that it's all late, I can just process a little bit. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's great that, uh, hey, tomorrow's tomorrow's Friday and uh, we just put the album up for a uh, pre-order on the band camps and then it comes out in two weeks. So it's was pretty exciting to finally get to uh release time. So
0: with the, the music when you gave it to Louis. was it grouped by albums or did, were you just giving them tracks and it was up to somebody else to kind of decide what songs went on what album?
2: Uh No, it was already, yeah, it was already put together as albums. And, uh, like the first batch and I'm, Thing is, I remember like five years ago giving Louis stuff and listening to it in the Ramblers' van on the way to gigs and stuff. That was mostly the ambient kind of stuff. So okay. I mean, you know, it's not like it's entirely new. This stuff, a lot of this stuff's been floating around. And then the CD, like the iPass for Humans, been floating around. We've been, we found the label actually sent me back a bunch of copies after. Thirty
0: years. <laughs> it's hanging on. To and, uh,
2: the French label didn't send me back their copies, though. Uh,
0: <laughs> French. Well, big in France for about <laughs> twenty
2: minutes. Nice. Um, That's all it
0: takes. What's the best way for people to find these as they come out? Is, is there a way to to follow the releases, the release dates, is through, uh, through social media, uh, email newsletters? How's, how's how can people? Get this stuff.
1: That would be the nouveau dot com social media, which is basically limited to, to Instagram, a little bit of Twitter. We uh, we vouched to not do Facebook uh, as it's so late in the game and uh, so full of other things. So we have a website nouveauelectricrecords.com. We also have a Bandcamp nouveauelectricrecords bandcamp dot and we're going to be focusing mostly on Bandcamp. Uh, it's such a great, for this for this series of releases, it's such a great platform to put all of one artist's discography into one place. And it's such a great platform anyway. And uh, so that's what we're doing, the pre-order for the first two on right now. And yeah, so basically, new Electric Records and then various media sites such as your own.
0: Awesome. Did I miss anything? Is there anything you guys feel we need to add before we wrap this whole thing up? <laughs> I mean, the 22 albums. That's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, am I am I missing anything? Is there anything you wanted to add before we uh wrap this up for everybody?
2: Trying mm, try to think. I can't think of anything. I'm drawing a
0: blank. All right. Well, when oh. when the uh ambient albums and the singles album come out maybe maybe we we'll need to have you guys on so you can explain some of this stuff after That's i hear great. it <laughs> yeah sure, yeah why not what the hell
2: oh, the uh, the strings and sousa record one of my favorites on all this and it's so so intense and over the top and when i made it oh, like that was 10 years ago and somebody listened to it and said, I don't think this even qualifies as music. Oh, <laughs> and I felt that was the highest compliment I ever got. Yeah,
1: uh, I, that's, that's actually one of my favorites as well. And uh, I don't I don't get the, the quote, but I do get the pride over the quote. So
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think John John Gross is in, John Gross is sousaphone playing and he's in the Treme Brass Band known to be doing this other kind of thing that the real new orleans thing which we kind of know how to do you know and yet he liked to play we did this whole sketchy improvised thing and uh i love it
0: well i'm really excited i've heard the first two i'm really excited for the next 20 so i <laughs> i'm gonna be bugging howard for every time they come out hey let me, let me listen let me listen i gotta hear this so we'll definitely have you guys back okay. on as we get more releases and we can talk about uh, some of the interesting tracks that i'm very excited to hear now
1: awesome yeah same same here so we're gonna take it two by two until we get to the big 11 and now uh, i'm glad to hear you excited and uh yeah thanks for helping us get the word out about um about the mark bingham anthology if you will
0: the music uh, anthology. Dump. that's, that's kind of scary yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i thought you might like that <laughs> awesome well guys thank yeah. you again so much awesome thanks so much all right thank you me. my pleasure Appreciate we'll talk to you guys soon